Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you learn about a simple way to reduce your internet carbon footprint and how brain images can make you more likely to believe fake science. We'll also answer a listener question about how loud the sun is. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Usually, we think of the internet as helping the planet. Emails save paper, after all. But what you may not know is that the internet is also bad for the planet. It has a massive carbon footprint. Don't worry, though. You can help to reduce it with a simple fix. It's not stop listening to podcasts, is it? (laughs) No, it is not. (sighs) Although I'm just going to pretend that they said, don't listen to us any faster than 1x speed, please. I'm just going to say that. (laughs) Okay. I'm already enthusiastic enough as it is. You don't need to make me talk faster. (laughs) Anyway, that's according to a new study, which is the first one ever to analyze the Internet's many footprints, from carbon use to water and land. Researchers from Purdue, Yale, and MIT were interested in how our energy use has changed during the pandemic. Since the pandemic's start, lots of people have celebrated the fact that our global carbon emissions are down. We're traveling less and using less gasoline. But these researchers suspected that this transition to an all-digital future wasn't all good news. So they looked into it. They calculated the amount of carbon emitted and water and land used up with every gigabyte of data on TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, Zoom, and other platforms. As it turns out, the more video on an app, the bigger the footprint. Here's an example. When we Zoom or stream videos for an hour, we end up adding between 150 and 1,000 grams of carbon dioxide to the atmosphere, using up to 12 liters of water, and using land space the size of an iPad mini. That may not sound like much, but think about how many video conferences you join or shows you stream each week. Then think about how many of your friends do the same. And their friends. It adds up. Since the pandemic started, many countries have said internet traffic is up about 20%. And if that continues through 2021, we'll need enough water to fill more than 300,000 Olympic swimming pools. The land footprint of all that internet use? About the size of Los Angeles. Look at your own screen time report and the calculation will probably start to feel a little yucky. But there's a simple fix to reduce your footprint. Turn off your video on Zoom. The researchers say that when you leave your camera off on a web call, it reduces your footprint by a whopping 96%. Streaming videos in standard definition instead of HD can reduce it by 86%. Not bad for such a tiny change. The next time your boss tells you to turn on your video, you'll have a great reply. You can't. You're saving the earth. If I showed you a study saying that watching TV improves math skills, would you believe the findings? Well, what if it came with an image showing the areas of the brain that lit up while watching TV? According to research, you'd probably believe that second one because you're more likely to believe brain science if there's an image of a brain along with it. And you really shouldn't. In 2008, researchers from Colorado State University had participants read three articles about brain imaging studies. Not only were all of them fake, but they also drew illogical conclusions. For example, one study claimed that because both watching television and doing math problems activated the temporal lobe, the evidence suggested that watching TV improves math skills. The participants then answered questions about how well the article was written and how much sense it made. 
It turns out that participants were much more likely to rate the article as high quality and logically sound if it included a picture of a brain than if it included a bar graph or no image at all. The errors that the study used in its fake articles are actually super common. Usually the mistake goes like this. When study subjects do activity A, brain area Z is active. In other studies, when subjects engage in thinking task B, brain area Z is active. Therefore, because brain area Z is active during activity A, activity A must cause thinking task B. And this is an example of a fallacy called affirming the consequent. That's where you see that the consequence of something is true, so that something must be true too. Like, it's true that if it's raining, the streets will be wet, but it would be a fallacy to say that because the streets are wet, it must be raining. I mean, what if a fire hydrant broke or somebody's running their sprinkler? An active area of the brain is the consequence part of the argument. You can't use it to infer the cause. So what's a science fan to do other than listen to Curiosity Daily, where we don't make that mistake? Well, just be aware that brain images are not airtight evidence. Scientists are human and at risk of all the same biases and errors that the rest of us are. Read scientific news with a critical eye, like we do, and you'll be better off for it. We got a listener question from Noro in Ghana, who asks, how loud is the sun? The answer? Incredibly loud. So just to get it out of the way, no, there's no sound in space because sound is a pressure wave and it needs a medium like air to move through. But if there was sound in space... Well, if you got near the sun and its heat didn't kill you, its dubstep surely would. Just kidding. Everyone knows the sun's favorite music is soul. Get it, Cody? Oh, because, oh boy. Because <laughs> the sun is called soul in other languages. That, that groan was incredibly satisfying, I just want to say. <laughs> the sun is roiling with superheated plasma that rises to the surface as it heats and descends as it cools. The spots where it does that are called convection zones. Think about making chocolate pudding on a stove. Big bubbles rise to the surface, pop, and sink back down. Except now, imagine that every one of those bubbles is the size of Texas and a blistering 3.5 million degrees Fahrenheit, or 2 million degrees Celsius. This violent process produces a noisy, throbbing vibration. And that means actual sound waves. But just like a big church bell rings at a lower frequency than a tiny dinner bell, the sun's massive size means those vibrations ring at an incredibly low frequency. Too low for our puny human ears to comprehend. But how loud is that bass drop? Well, the sun produces 383 yottawatts of energy per second. That translates to a whopping 290 decibels. For comparison, the loudest sound ever recorded by NASA was the Saturn V rocket, which clocked in at 204 decibels. 290 decibels is loud enough to kill you. But here's the cool part. Scientists actually use the sun's sound waves to learn more about its interior, just like they use seismic waves to learn more about the inside of the Earth. That's why this field is known as helioseismology. Cool term, right? So, wait one second. If scientists use sound to study the sun, they must record those sounds. Can we listen to those sounds? 
Can we actually hear what the sun sounds like? The answer is yes. Feast your ears on this. It's from recordings performed on the Solar and Heliospheric Observatory spacecraft, or SOHO, which launched back in 1995 and is still going strong. The recording has been sped up 42,000 times to bring it into the range of human hearing. Take a listen. Isn't space awesome? If you have a question, send an email or a voice recording to curiosity at discovery.com or leave us a voicemail at 312-596-5208. Before we do our recap, here's a sneak peek at what you'll hear next week on Curiosity Daily. Next week, you'll learn about why working from home in your pajamas could be hurting your mental health, why our pets can't eat chocolate, a new type of extrovert that's only outgoing in certain situations, how your ear turns sound into electrical activity while protecting your hearing, and more. Okay, so now let's recap what we learned today. We learned that the internet has a pretty big carbon footprint, but there's a ridiculously easy way to reduce yours. Turn off your video when you're on a call. That will reduce your footprint by 96%. And if that's not an option, just switch your video from HD to standard definition. That can reduce your consumption by 86%. Massive. I know that like the majority of YouTube videos that I watch, I'm not watching them for the amazing graphics. I'm watching them for the information that I'm getting. So I'll probably go into YouTube and switch to standard definition right after we record. And we learned that you're more likely to believe brain science if it comes with a brain image. Remember that when you're reading the news, even when it's science news, you should do it with a critical eye. Yeah, I hope that we've communicated clearly in the last few weeks that press releases, PR, Stuff like that can kind of muddy takeaways from various articles, and that's true of science, too. We interviewed an author recently. I won't say which one, but we got some pushback from a listener that was like, that person makes huge claims. And we looked back, and it was like, well, no, the, the PR person put some very bold claims in a press release, but the author did not back any of those claims. So everything's all about marketing, you know? It's about the clicks. It's about the money. So, uh, yeah, be careful out there. Yeah. If you think clickbait is just for BuzzFeed, think again. And headlines, even in major publications, newspapers. Oh, definitely. You always got to be careful. Yeah. Also, worth it to mention, the writer usually doesn't write the headline. Just like the author that we talked to, the writers of these articles also aren't writing these clickbaity headlines. So don't blame them. There you go. We also learned that the sun is very, very loud. It would be about 290 decibels, which is enough to literally kill you. The loudest sound ever recorded by NASA was the Saturn V rocket at just 204 decibels. Going to need some musicians' earplugs for that one. <laughs> yes, you are. This is another one that just, oh, I got that question. I was like, what? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love it. Love questions like that. Today's stories were written by Kelsey Donk and Ashley Hamer and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Script writing was by Cody Goff and Sonia Hodgen. Today's episode was produced and edited by Cody Goff. Have a great weekend. Turn off your webcam and join us again Monday to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. <laughs>